Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I think this is important to know. Larry Elder's running away with this on the other side. I just hope folks, I want to level set what could happen on election day if we don't turn out in historic numbers to vote no on this recall. Think about the judges he'd appoint. Who would he have appointed to replace Kamala Harris in the U.S. Senate? How would that impact the trajectory of this country? What would this mean, the future of the Democratic Party? So that's Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, for now, as we're just weeks away from a recall election in California because they, California has too much democracy, um, constantly voting on everything and then regularly being overturned by a judge somewhere. But anyway, I'm all for Gavin Newsom getting recalled. What What's the main instigator of the recall? Mm, by far. I, you got to look at the uh, the early dinner. We right, had an early far. dinner. By far, it's the dinner at the French Laundry. And it's not just, it's all, it's everything about that freaking picture and that scene. It's not just the fact that you ordered us all to wear masks and businesses to shut down and people are losing their livelihoods and you went to a restaurant that gets to be open and everybody's not wearing masks. Remember, he was at a birthday party for a rich contributor. So just the fact that the governor shows up for this guy who've never heard of because he throws around so much money, you got to be at this dude's birthday party. If you want to keep the checks rolling in and you're all sitting around with no masks on, ignoring law rules that you make for the rest of us. I mean, the, the more I talk about it and remember it, the more pissed off I get and the more I hope he gets recalled just for that dinner. If only for that, just to beat back people like him a little bit. You don't get to do anything you want. You get to do most of what you want, and people don't pay any attention, unfortunately. But apparently there is a line where you can't just do anything you want. So get the F out of here. It's It's extremely difficult for we, the people, to actually land a punch on the super elite. And this is a chance to do that. Let's not forget he crushed the souls of the children at the behest of the teachers union who wanted their little hearts for their bargaining power. And he is just a slave to some of the most evil people on the planet. And he does it with a smile on his face while his kids were in school. Yeah. Oh, speaking of landing punches, man, I tweeted a... uh, Tweeted a video of a fracas at a football game <laughs> yesterday. Oh, that's a Los Angeles, uh, in Los Angeles with the uh, the Chargers and the the Rams, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's quite the fracas. You ought to follow us on the Twitter. We're not tweeting much these days, but some. Uh, yeah, but man, people say there's no passion in Los Angeles pro football, and I didn't have any for a while because the Los Angeles they just you know everybody's surfing and the movie stars they don't care about the NFL. Look at those passionate fans; they care about their teams enough to fight each other as fat drunk guys. Exactly, and and the one fat drunk guy decides to fight five guys, and it goes about like you'd expect it to. Anyway, fans of brutality. Uh, Where were we? Ah, yes, Gavin Newsom, who just is is suing to get the words Republican power grab on the official voting guide, and also suing because his people forgot to put Democratic Party next to his name, so he's suing to have that put on late in defiance of the laws. So anyway... Back to the Cal Unicornia dust-up. Well, they're clearly scared of Larry Elder, who is a, a right-wing talk show host. That's probably how you know him, and I know somebody in the 
elder campaign who says it has been an S show for the last week or so as all kinds of different shots are coming from all kinds of different places like a uh, seems to be somewhat unhinged former girlfriend or wife or whatever who says he brandished a gun. I think that story is over. Uh, when she got finally got interviewed, it kind of fell apart, as these things often do. Here's Tucker Carlson talking about one L.A. Times hit piece on Mr. Elder. He says he doesn't believe sanctuary laws or citizenship for dreamers um, should be happening. He's against in-state tuition, health care, and driver's licenses for the undocumented. How serious are the chances that this guy could be the next governor of California? Well, it's very serious because it's possible that the you know the, the majority of the people who are going to turn out are the people who are excited by Larry Elder's brand of you know extreme far right uh, beliefs, and and he just represents an incredible threat to immigrant rights and racial justice. The immense progress that California has made on these issues, and it would set a, a catastrophic precedent that would reverberate across. The country. I mean, and it's, it's ironic. This is a black man, and it just goes to show you that it is true that even people of color can be influenced by white supremacist narratives and fall victim to it, right? That's, That's Joy Reid and Jean Guerrero, who's a writer for the L.A. Times, just absolutely wetting themselves with horror over. How many times are you going to claim somebody's the next Hitler or it would be a catastrophe that will echo across the eons? I mean, I'll tell you how My I'll God. tell you how many times as long as it continues to work. Freaking, it's just, it's all just so tiring, man. Joy Reid with a Larry Elder takes over, and oh my gosh, immigrants, rights, people of color, oh my gosh, where we'll be as he's governor for 15 months in a legislature controlled completely by Democrats. Back alley abortions, mass deportations, the return of slavery, it's all going to happen. Anyway, since they trotted out the white supremacy idiocies, we could go to uh, the Tucker clip if we want. Yeah, so that was Gene Guerrero of the L.A. Times. This L.A. Times uh, hit piece, there have been several in the last week. Here's Tucker talking about that on clip 41. Here's an actual line from the story produced by the so-called news division of the L.A. Times. Quote, one issue was Elder's pronunciation of the N-word. He used an exaggerated tone, enunciating the E-R at the end of the word, rather than using the A pronunciation, which is more commonly accepted among and used by black people, studies have shown. <laughs> studies have shown, really? Studies done by which researchers in which social science laboratories, and who exactly is funding these studies on the N-word and how it's pronounced? So they're actually making a run at Larry Elder, a black man, is a white supremacist. They're actually attempting that and maybe getting somewhere with it. But, I mean, that's that's where we are with our politics. It's so crazy. No wonder people check out and don't follow any of this stuff. Right, right. Well, it just it also illustrates the utter inanity of the whole, uh, you know, social justice, uh, critical race theory equity crowd in that if you support any institutions, you support the United States, you disagree with them. In short, you are a white supremacist. Okay, that's fine. This is stupid. It's unfair. It's racist. But if that's your thing, that's your thing. But they include black people in that. If you're a black person, you disagree with them. You are a white supremacist. That is hilarious. The black face of white supremacy. That was the article in the L.A. Times. You that that couldn't have run. I don't even think five years ago, let alone twenty years ago, because it would just seems too stupid. 
Yeah, that Jean Guerrero girl is mentally ill. I mean, at oh. some point, your ideology makes you crazy. Witness the Jonestown massacre and things like that. Ideology can cause mental illness. Yeah, and Joy Reid of MSNBC. It's just she's crazy, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, nuts. Oh, speaking of nuts, I was totally unaware of this till the other day, and we should probably take a break, and then we'll, I swear we'll come back with it. Larry Elder took a run at, like, being a Judge Judy character. Is he a lawyer? With, uh, I don't know. I, I, he may well be. Um, uh, I can't remember. He, we'll check. But anyway, so he took a run at, at, at being a Judge Judy type character, but his show is completely unique. And and really kind of weird. And we'll play you the promo, which explains the whole premise of the thing, uh, coming up in minutes. How about Armstrong and Getty? The Armstrong and Getty Show. So as we were just talking about this uh, guy, Larry Elder, might be the governor of California. It's really kind of wild. i got to believe there's a whole bunch of people that wish they would have ran. They didn't run because they thought Gavin's not going to get recalled, so I'm not going to you know, put a bunch of time and effort into this. Well, now it's a coin flip whether or not the Gavin Newsom gets recalled. And then whoever gets the most votes then after that is governor. And it could be you get 11%. You could end up governor. I would kind of appreciate the ridiculousness of that. I agree. In a, in I a agree. way. In, I mean, how how to be clown the clownest state in the union, <laughs> clowniest state in the union. This would be a good way to do it. But anyway, uh, Larry Elder may indeed be uh, the governor of California. He's a very smart man. I enjoy his, his stuff, even when I don't agree with him. Uh, I'm not sure I would have enjoyed this stuff. This was an effort in the early 2000s, I believe, to get a court show going. Uh, please enjoy uh, this description slash promo. The tension of a court show. You're both degenerates and you disgust me. The emotion of a talk show. Now hold up, everybody. I'm talking over here. The excitement of a game show. With cash prizes for those who are morally right. $2,000. The accuser. This show isn't about small claims. You don't do something to somebody that you don't want done to you. It's about the difference between right and wrong. That is my judgment. Moral court, where it pays to be right. I'm the Reverend Jeffrey Berry. I'm taking my nephew Scott to moral court for cutting me out of his life and shunning me because I'm the Imperial Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> there you go. Larry Elder's moral court. That's just was, complete, so was, utter nonsense. But so was it a real courtroom like Judge Judy does? And like, was he wearing the robe and everything like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. With the one guy at the one stand, the other guy at the other stand, a bit of an audience. And then he'd be up there with his gavel and bam, $2,000 to the accuser. <laughs> well, there's no reason Judge Wapner and Judge Judy made gazillions of dollars off of that. You might as well take a swing at it. How come Larry Elder's moral court never cut on? I don't like the name much. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't understand how it couldn't catch on. It has the drama of a courtroom show, the <laughs> raw something or other of a talk show, and the excitement of a game show. <laughs> it's a floor wax. It's a dessert topping. Should have, should have like unleashed wild beasts to add the uncertainty of a nature show. <laughs> and then bowling. Um. 
So anyway, so Larry Elder didn't succeed with moral court, but he may be the governor of California, which is a cool thing to have on your resume. Kids, just keep trying. Keep trying out ideas. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Man, we we practically need uh, transition music here. What's our transition from silly to serious? Because this is serious, what I got coming up here. Yeah, from Michael, Afghanistan. I have to look for that a little bit. Yeah, I'll look for that one. Usually we transition the other direction. Yeah, you usually have some wacky music like this one here. This is, this is not good. This is not good for the purposes of this okay. segment. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll ease into this then. So, first of all, the president mentioned this yesterday, and uh, it was reported in Politico and a number of other places. Terrorist threats are now jeopardizing the massive American evacuation evacuation effort underway in Kabul. Pentagon officials relayed to lawmakers Tuesday. And the president came out and said yesterday, and he talked about uh, the Taliban and ISIS-K, as Joe points out, the worst serial name ever. Um, But uh, at any moment, one of these horrifying death cult they don't care about men women children babies anything they don't mind killing anybody for any reason it's amazing there hasn't been an attack already at any moment there could be a terrorist attack on those giant throngs of people and you could have i mean these stories happen all the time you usually don't you know read that section of the newspaper but a a suicide bomber kills 80 people in a market freaking every other day in that part of the world So the fact that that hasn't happened is amazing. But so that's one of the things that's really slowing down getting people out of Afghanistan. And uh, came across this um, from uh, one uh, reporter who's in country and was in country and is now home. And I'll just read what they uh, what they texted. I just got off a video call with a U.S. citizen, a woman housing multiple women and children in her home. Some are very young, others are physically disabled. I saw them on the video. She said she's tried multiple times with her blue passport, but she can't get into the airport. She says she was a translator for 15 years for the Americans. She worked on a base with many of these people. Some have pending SIV applications, others do not. But because she is an American, they thought she could help them. She told them not to come to her house, but they came anyway, and now they're here. She cried and said she just wants to go home to New Jersey. I asked if she could go, but not the families in her house. Will she leave? She covered her face and started sobbing. I said, you're allowed to want to go home. The line went dead. And then she texted her response. I'm human. How could I leave these kids behind me to get killed? They will be in my head for the rest of my lives that I left them behind. And then the uh, the journalist said, these are the kinds of choices that people are making. American citizens are making right now in Afghanistan. Wow. She could go, probably on her own, but she'd have to leave all those other people behind. Well, and she at least right now you. she can't oh. do that. And there are people she worked with and knows that they helped the United States of America in its 20-year war effort. And she's going to leave them behind to be killed, including children. Oh. Little children, including disabled children? How, how could this be any worse? Well, at least the president has the confidence to... To know that he wouldn't have changed anything and wouldn't have done anything different. You don't think oh, this right. could have been handled? This actually could have been handled better in any way? No mistakes? No. And we need to get the clip, and I forget what uh, which politician. It's flitted out of my head now. I'll think of it. Um, who said, Joe Biden is absolutely going to have blood on his hands when we leave there and we start hearing about all these people dying. I'll tell you what. 
I don't know how much the American public's going to be paying attention. I, I don't know how many news reports will come out of Kabul or Af, you know Afghanistan in general when the press is gone and they don't allow anybody in there anymore. And then even if those stories do come out, I don't know how much people are going to be paying attention. But there will be thousands of people like that killed by the Taliban because we just couldn't cut the red tape and get around to this soon enough to get people out of there. And the foot dragging has been going on for years now. Years yeah. people have been screaming about this. Yeah. Our government is just too fat and inefficient and, and uncaring and protective of its own bureaucracy. But Well, remember the Washington Post. The Washington Post suggested that the Biden White House thought getting Afghans into this country while we've got a porous border on the south was really going to hurt them politically. So they drug their feet on this on purpose, which is about as cynical and evil as you can get. And then you have Michael Goodwin's editorial on front page, I believe, the Washington Post. Joe Biden groveling as Taliban calls the shots. Neville, Neville Chamberlain can rest easy. He is no longer the most shameful appeaser in modern history. Joe Biden is the new champion of cowards. Well, that's strong stuff. I'm not sure letting Hitler rearm is a lesser sin, but we can talk about that. Are we going to have Trump Biden too? A wounded, aging Biden against a also aging Trump who uh, who's got a pretty good ad out right now that we'll play for you when we come back. A lot of people thought this was a uh, landed a blow or two. Stay tuned for it. Armstrong and Getty. I know this is Joe's line, but those of you who believe in big government, what's your evidence of that? What brings you to that? This just yeah, breaking tell us about from your life experience. <laughs> this is just breaking from the New York Times, from the Treasury Department. About 89%, let's call it 90%, just because it's such a nice even number. About 90% of the federal funds meant to help renters avoid eviction during the pandemic has not been distributed. 90% of the money that they took from us taxpayers to help something that I'm not certain we should have even helped with anyway hasn't been spent. So they just took the money and it'll get spent on something someday. It ain't coming back. But it didn't do what it was supposed to do. The Washington Post had an article the other day uh, pointing out that the uh, you don't have to pay your rent laws have hurt small landlords who are going no broke and destitute and bankrupt now. Oh, you God. just figured this out now? If I had a rental, I would get out of that as fast as I could. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, especially, you know, values are pretty high. But, uh, yeah, there are people who work themselves up from nothing to own a handful of rental properties that are now going broke again. The one guy pointed out quite eloquently, it's the man syndrome. Everybody wants to stick it to the man. Well, I grew up sleeping in a bed with two of my siblings. We had no money. We hardly had any food. I'm not the man. I'm freaking trying to survive over here. But but for whatever reason, this makes me insane. People on the left, especially, they never ask, what will the result of this be in the real world? This this grand, highfalutin, oh, so honorable and righteous law or plan or whatever. How will real people react to this? Well, they won't pay the rent, for instance, and then landlords will go broke. Duh. Anyway. 
Uh, one more thing before we get to the Trump ad that we promised. It might be the first ad of the Biden-Trump presidential race. Don't you threaten me. Um, <laughs> Representative Mike McCall yesterday, and we'll dig up the uh, audio, but he said this yesterday. I can tell you there's no way we can hum- humanly get out all of our American citizens and Afghan partners out of the country by the deadline. This will be a stain on his presidency. He'll have blood on his hands. People are going to die, and they're going to be left behind. And he's one of several people that have said that. And uh, the, I think the bet is, I was watching a pundit this morning on uh, Morning Joe on MSNBC, Sam Stein, uh, who I, I think is a pretty good pundit, say Joe Biden's betting on the $3.5 trillion human infrastructure package that's going to be checks going out to all kinds of people or all kinds of things is going to be way more of a topic of conversation for the next election than anything that happens in Afghanistan. This will be over in a couple of weeks, no matter how bad it goes. And, um, and people will move on. They'll forget about it. People aren't going to vote on the debacle in Afghanistan. That's their calculation. Hmm. Before we get to this kind of an ad, um, it's setting up. I mean, if they weren't both ancient, clearly it's setting up. I mean, there's the, the most voted on presidential election in what a hundred years, maybe longer, um, uh, in raw numbers by all time, it was the most voted on uh, between Biden and Trump. And if they weren't so old, you'd think absolutely we're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. And Trump almost won, and Biden's numbers are in a free fall. But they're both really old. And well, there's a, there's a one in four chance Trump runs again in my mind. There's a zero in four chance Biden runs. It's not going to happen. If it did, and I'm Trump in the debates, somebody brings up, I don't know, unemployment. I'd say, what's the unemployment rate among the Americans we left in Afghanistan? Then they ask about the interest rates and the Fed. Uh, I don't know as much about the Fed. I have a friend who's an American in Afghanistan I could call. Oh, but he's dead. Just every single question go back to that. Wow, I'm not running against you. You fight dirty. I fight. I fight righteous. I fight with the the, the right making might. So, um, this hit the internet's yesterday, the way things do in the the modern world. The Trump campaign released this surrender in chief video. Now, there's a lot of video of the Taliban. There's video in one point of uh of Biden tripping up the stairs going up to the plane. You know, so there's there's a lot of background stuff like that. But here's some of the audio. America is back. Highest inflation rate in the United States. The border is collapsing. The of COVID infections. We amplify our power. We summon the new strength. This is a recruitment Should ad. Should we be embarrassed? Diplomacy is back. Now the Taliban are back. Kabul is not in an imminent threat environment. The likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. They own the whole country now, the Taliban. The Taliban are now in complete control of Afghanistan. How did President Biden get this so wrong? Well, first of all, the mission hasn't failed yet. If this isn't failure, what does failure look like exactly? Biden, you destroyed not Afghanistan, but the world! I don't care you think I'm Satan reincarnated? Do I bear responsibility? Zero responsibility. China is ready for friendly relations with the Taliban. 
fucking lady just the door at the end and told him that they're gonna come and kill us. everybody. <laughs> we have to ask the Taliban for permission for American citizens to leave. True or not true? They they are in control. I can't uh, think of anyone better to lead this operation than than. Uh, Chanting death to America. You call yourself a president. Surrender in chief. Oh wow! And the and the then the visuals are pretty strong. Boom! Headshot. Yikes! Mm-hmm. No, I think they pretty clearly slowed him down. I mean, he's already a slow talker, and they slowed him down just a touch more. But uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's unfair, but it's fairly common. But holy cow, did it make him sound old and out of touch and clueless and weak and disingenuous and, well, all the things he's been accused of for a very long time. Well, it has been a particularly bad couple of weeks. And so depending on what approval ratings you look at, he's now down in the low 40s, got about a 42% approval rating. You know, that's uh, way down over the last couple of weeks, but... Trump lived at around 42% and damn near one. So there's that. Yeah, but it's it's all about the trend. I mean, you, you can take a snapshot in time right now uh, and, and say he's at 41, 42%, whatever, but he'll be in the 30s by next week, I think. I don't. Uh, I agree with your analysis. The other day we were talking about this. Some pundit. I thought it was great, that, too. What was it? Well, some pundit had suggested that uh, Biden, oh, no, he's, he's got a ceiling probably of around 40, 42%, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. And you pointed out, wait a minute, there is no, there is very little pro Joe Biden constituency. It was all anti Trump. Yeah, that's the difference between Biden and, and any president in, in recent memory. Certainly different than Trump or Obama. People voted for Trump. People voted for Obama. Nobody voted for Joe Biden. They voted against Trump. So, um, yeah, how much how how much stickiness is there to a, a Biden voter when all they did was vote against the alternative? Anyway, that's probably enough of that, since, as Joe points out, neither one of them are going to run for president. So, um Although I do want to get back to this Michael Goodwin uh, editorial about uh, Joe Biden being the uh, the groveler in chief. It's uh, it's pretty devastating. He makes a pretty good case, too. I want to talk a little bit about being at, I was at the ER for 12 and a half hours yesterday. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the whole ER experience, which is always a nightmare. Ain't their fault. It's always a nightmare. Yeah, yep, we will absolutely get to that. A quick word first from our friends and beloved sponsors at Simply Safe. Simply Safe Home Security been making you feel safe for the last 15 years, winning awards and a passion to protect people like you not only drives every engineering detail in their products, uh, but it motivates every interaction with their customers. And the thing is, Simply Safe just makes it so easy. It takes about two minutes to customize the system on their website, simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Yep. And then you click around, you customize it to your home, it comes to you, you set it up yourself in about 30 minutes, and then they've got highly trained security experts ready whenever you need them, whether it's a fire, a burglary, a medical emergency, or even if you're just needing help setting up the system, they're there to help. And as our listeners, you can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system. Get your first month free when you sign up for interactive monitoring service. Just visit simplysafe.com slash Armstrong to customize your system and start protecting your home and your family. And as I always like to throw in, or maybe your workshop where you got $40,000 worth of tools or whatever you need to protect, simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. 
So this uh, Michael Goodwin uh, piece, Neville Chamberlain can rest easy. He's no longer the most shameful appeaser in modern history. That's a little over the top for me, honestly, Um, as uh, Nazi Germany was about to overrun the entire world. But then he goes on and says, uh, Biden didn't just blink in the face of terror. He is groveling before the Taliban, acknowledging their victory, laying the groundwork for the legitimacy as the rulers of Afghanistan. Um, the Taliban declared that no more Afghans should go to the Kabul airport, that those already there should leave, and then they shut the main airport road. For all practical purposes, those words and actions ended the mercy mission of getting our allies out, and Biden didn't object. Not even a whimper, just silent acceptance. Actually, they, they said, I read the statement earlier, that they expect the Taliban to cooperate for with previous agreements. I can just picture old, uh, what's-his-face, Bardar, who's in charge now, saying, oh, hey, guys, 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 you got to open up the airport road again. I just read that the White House expects us to, to hold to our agreements. So quit beating people, too. Even more unforgivable by agreeing to the Taliban's demand that he stick to his own initial deadline of August 31st for the withdrawal of all troops, Biden showing is willing to strand thousands of Americans behind enemy lines. How Exactly how many Americans will be left behind is unknown, but most estimates put it in the thousands. They are now hostages to Biden's fear and failure. Uh, allegedly, there are contingency plans being uh, formed up. Uh, if we have to go beyond the 31st, uh, I'm not sure exactly how that scores with the facts on the ground. Unless, uh, does again, it, how, does it, how does it square with the Taliban's demands? Well, I, I just think it, it puts us in the position of like owing a favor to the mob. Uh, we're going to be made an offer we can't refuse, and we will say, yes, sir, thank you very much, sir. And give them pallets full of cash or or weaponry or God knows what. This was making the rounds on the Internet yesterday. A quote from Sun Tzu and from the Art of War. People are always wanting to quote the Art of War. Ah, yes. Military people love that sort of thing. And here's one of his famous quotes. Always abandon your most strategic air base right before an evacuation. <laughs> <laughs> that was for Sun Tzu on an off day. Yeah, well, and uh, and uh, realizing the idea of air bases long before flight. So uh, when I think of the emergency room, uh, I think it's it makes dying seem like an okay alternative. Let's see, if I have to go to the emergency room to save my life, maybe I'll just go meet God. I'll it's tell awful. you, yeah, yeah. Well, I got I got some comments on that. I spent twelve and a half hours at the emergency room yesterday. I'm not going to talk about why. Um, but, uh, we, we, surely there's gotta be a better system. It's got, there's gotta be a way, hasn't there? Um, everybody, every individual person really, really working hard, doing a good job and everything like, but there, there just aren't enough people or there's money sloshing around. There's all kinds of money sloshing around, you know, uh, Craig, the Obamacare lawyer would tell you that about the way things get spent on here or there or whatever. But um, more on that a little bit later. Our text line is always is 415-295-KFTC. And we'll try and bring you up to speed on. Oh, we got to talk more about that legislation that passed yesterday. That's a really big deal, like a change the country big deal. It, it moved forward. It, 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 I think to say it passed is a little overstated, but it did. It did move forward. In the house, which I thought was going to be the place to get it stopped. And now it's moved out of the house. Anyway, uh, more on that coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Wake up in the morning and a snap around the place. 
Wake up in the morning, there's a crackle in your face. Wake up in the morning, there's a pop that really says life. This is for you and you and you. For on the milk and listen to the sound that says it's nice. For on the milk and listen to the crackle of that rice. Get up in the morning to the pop that says it's rice. Hear them talking, Chris. Rice Krispies. <laughs> Pour on the milk and listen to the crackle of that rice. That's a Rice Krispies yes. commercial from the very young Rolling Stones. 1964. Wow. And that's why their career never took off, because they sold out. Hilarious. And we're playing that because the drummer from the Rolling Stones died of calendar over the weekend. The great Charlie Watts passed away at the age of 80. Yes. He will be missed. Um... So, uh, Craig Gottwalls, we've had on the program many times over the years, we used to call him Craig the Obamacare lawyer, but that's kind of a, doesn't make sense anymore, because it's just, I mean, it is what it is. It's our health care Craig's the health care guru now. Yeah, yeah. And he sent an article from the New York Times uh, to us yesterday. I got this while I was in a hospital at the emergency room, wondering about the state of health care. I'm constantly reminded by various people that we have the best health care system in the world. Which makes me wonder what it's freaking like in a bunch of other places. Yeah, it's it's the best in the world in some ways. It's terrible in some ways. Well, both of those can be true. Right. They're just much worse other places. Um, best doesn't mean it's good. Uh, and uh, the, this New York Times article was pointing out how um, well, I'll give you, just read the headline from the New York Times. Hospitals and insurers didn't want you to see these prices. Here's why. Getting simple medical care at some hospitals can cost more with insurance than without. Sure, um, multiples. And, and a whole bunch of different examples. They've got uh, somebody getting an MRI. Uh, if you have Cigna, it costs about 1000 bucks. If you had Aetna, which is what I have, it's $3,100. And with Humana, it was $3,800. So 1000 or thirty one hundred, or almost four thousand, depending on your insurance. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's a crazy system. Um, well, and what's anyway. extra crazy, and the point of the article is that uh, until the Trump administration came along, hospitals didn't have to disclose those prices. Now they do, but they're ignoring the law. Yeah, um, and I remember I learned this years ago when I had to get uh, had to get some sort of thing, and I and uh, insurance was holding up on getting a um, some sort of scan. It was before I found out I had cancer, and uh, so I decided I'd just pay for it myself. And they said it would be. They said you ought to shop around because the prices vary. And I thought, what? That doesn't make. You're all the same company but so i called different towns around and the particular scan i wanted to get varied from one place was 800 one place was 1100 one place was 1300 dollars, all within like a 15 minute drive of my house just depending on which one you chose and i thought that's weird uh what a weird system that is uh and I don't expect that to get better anytime soon. I was at the emergency room yesterday. I don't want to talk about why, but I was there all freaking day long. And it reminded me once again, I don't know. I haven't been to the emergency room that many times in my life. Thank God. Um, uh, but every time I'm reminded, don't go to the emergency room unless you really, 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 really need to. If it can be dealt with in any other way whatsoever, do that first. Because the idea that I've got an emergency and I need this taken care of quickly is not going to be fulfilled when you show up to the emergency room. 
and they're and I'm I'm at an upscale smaller town small hospital emergency room. I, I told the story one of a two years ago when Laura got her hand slammed in the car door and thought she broke all her hands and we went to a big city urban emergency room on a Friday night and it was I didn't feel safe in there let alone getting any sort of health care it was just it was crazy and I thought and I remember talking about the time I said if you ever have actually have an emergency it would be faster and safer from wherever you are downtown big city to drive out to the suburbs and go to the emergency room there hold you know uh, 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 something over the wound or whatever unless you're going to die in the next half hour Drive to some smaller emergency room place. and uh, But even with that situation yesterday on a Tuesday, was it Monday? I don't even know what day it is because I was up all night long. Um, just a regular day, jammed full of people with all kinds of problems. And because emergency rooms are so crowded, we're right next to, and I mean like right next to like two feet away, they might as well have been talking to us as talking to the nurse, a person that had tried to kill themselves that day and talking about the way they did it and their situation with their wives and their kids and everything like that. And my little kid is listening to all this. I mean, it's just, oh. I mean, it's horrific stuff. And I thought, I'm never doing this again. Unless like I'm going to bleed to death or I'm having a heart attack, I'll never go to the emergency room again in my life. Find a different way, you know, go online and figure out how to treat your problem. I don't anything is better than go to the emergency room. Everybody is very, very helpful. Not their fault, but it is awful place to be. Armstrong and Getty.